the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every morning, breaking news and talk you can trust. This is The Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horan. Thanks for joining us on The Morning Answer. First thing, Monday morning, we thank you for joining us. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn, happy to be here with you. Happy to be here with you. Good Monday morning. You're a 6 o'clock club member of this Morning Answer broadcast. And uh, this might sound like really good news, but it's not terrible as to what we can determine yet. But the beds last night in Loma Linda were shaken. Yeah. (laughs) Is that the people of Loma Linda? The beds were shaking Mm -hmm. at about 126 or 1, yeah, 128 a.m. in Loma Linda, about a mile from Redlands is where the earthquake occurred. And it's a 3.5, according to the USGS, Jennifer. In the last 10 days, there have been no earthquakes of magnitude 3.0 or greater centered nearby. An average of 234 earthquakes between 3.0 and 4.0 occur every year in California and Nevada, according to a three-year study they just wrapped These, up. to me, are the good earthquakes, the ones that maybe you feel a little jolt, maybe you don't even feel it at all, but it lets a little pressure off of the earth, and uh, there's not a lot of damage. So that was the first earthquake, a 3.5 in San Bernardino, as you mentioned, two miles east of Loma Linda. There was also a magnitude 3.6. Got to be a topper in there, right? We had well, a 3.5, then a 3.6. You know, it's, it's the uh, social media culture. You must do, make your life appear better than the other. One up, and so that's exactly what happened this morning as well uh, right before 3 a.m. in Little Lake which is about 30 miles northwest of Ridgecrest Ridgecrest of course the source of a big earthquake couple was it last year I think it was 4th of July weekend two years ago wasn't it two earthquakes it was two big earthquakes that's right two seven pointers we don't live there but I do remember that yeah and a lot of uh, there was damage and a lot of scared people for sure yeah that's why we probably remember it because it was a big deal yeah 3.6 so two earthquakes one in Little Lake near Ridgecrest, the other in Loma Linda. So if you felt a little shaking last night, you are not alone. There was also some shaking in Washington, D.C., where about 100,000, I haven't seen a full count yet, but about 100,000 Trump supporters descended upon right. Washington, D.C. and Louis, marched in support. Louis Farrakhan says it was a million. That's right. He, he's had a press release already. Louis Farrakhan says a million people were there. But his million was like 25, right? And a dog, I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was not a million. But, you know, Trump and crowd sizes, but he... I, I don't know what they're making a claim about the no, size. No, Trump hasn't talked about the crowd. I mean, he's talked about the lot of people. But if you saw the images of this yes, thing, I, I mean, it was actually, it looked bigger to me than even the inauguration. Certainly there were tens of thousands. Some oh, people, Axios, end. no, Axios predicting about 100,000 people were out there marching. So this was a, a pretty big showing. Wish on space. I want to end the way it all began with <laughs> we could questions call and shouting over a crowd sizes. I'll send him a text and see if important, he has an idea. Important thing, you know this. I'm surprised you weren't out there. I was looking for you in the crowd. You know, I've uh, got some family stuff going on. I know. My and uh, I actually was invited to go. I have a lot of friends who are out there, friends we know, right. that ran for Congress out here. Dr. Sebastian Gorka was one of the speakers. So there were a they lot were there of people that were there. votes and talk about counting votes. Yeah. That's what the rally, the, the demonstration was all about. And uh, it was... Uh, 
It was effective. They got a lot of media coverage. Oh, they didn't. And see, this is the problem. I saw a lot of it. I didn't see a lot of coverage, and I certainly didn't see the coverage about the violence that erupted. And it's sort of disheartening today when we have people who say they're calling for unity not come out and protect people who are out there marching peacefully. There were no buildings set on fire. There was no violence until Antifa and other members showed up. And some of the images from this horrific, you had Trump supporters sitting at restaurants on a patio eating, not doing anything, not even marching. And someone walked up and threw fireworks in their direction. There was an elderly man who was kicked repeatedly in the head, people being punched from behind, people having urine thrown at them, kids who were like traumatized, who were out there with their families for an afternoon March, seeing all of this stuff unfold around them, and it's unfortunate. I was, I was hopeful this that was the news media. Bell? Would... This was all in Bell, California. This was in Washington D.C. No, but the the thing is that we learn here. Of course, I'm consistent. The overwhelming number of folks there were there to rally. They want a full vote count. Uh, clearly, they'll tell you they support President Trump. They want the votes counted, and they have a right to be there and protest, as do others have right, have the same right, First Amendment freedom, uh, to go out and protest what they view as police misconduct, etc. And there's a million different uh, higher taxes. People still do have rallies for stuff like that. Uh, folks sometimes converge or become part of those groups and they loot or they do that. I don't want to talk about throwing fireworks at somebody. These folks who commit these terrible acts and they are illegal acts, therefore they are criminals. They are not to be, I am fair. They're not to be grouped in with the demonstrators who were lawful at the uh, pro-Trump. They were there trying votes. They were there trying to intimidate those people who were out there, and there were a lot of arrests made. Two police officers were injured. Lots of assault charges. Lots of weapons possession. In fact, I thought it was sad. A sad testament to where we are. But there's a UFC fighter, Jorge Masvidal, who is a conservative who was watching all of this this weekend, and he said that he's going to start attending these rallies with all of his UFC friends because the people there who are marching peacefully, these Trump supporters who are out there just asking for a verified election are being attacked by these thugs in Antifa and being kicked and bullied and screamed at. And he says he wants to go out there and provide security because he feels like the people who are trying to be peaceful and just get their point out are being kind of drowned out or intimidated. And that's a sad state. That's a sad state of affairs. And these are the same people who are burning down U.S. cities. These are the same people who are knocking down statues, who have commandeered Seattle, who commandeered Portland. And and yet we're hearing chants for unity, and we haven't heard anything from the news media in covering this, at least in the mainstream. We haven't heard anything from Joe Biden. We haven't heard anything from Kamala Harris. It's it's unfortunate. These are people who are on a different side of the aisle from many of the, the people I just mentioned. It's not about side of the aisle. It's, I agree. It, let's not partisanize even the protests. Well, and that's what I'm trying would... to say is that it, because they're on the other side of the aisle, they still deserve the same protections of everybody else. And it's unfortunate. I think this weekend there was a big failure on that. And, uh, you know, as as all of this year, it seems but mostly since the summertime, I've been saying don't let bad apples spoil a bunch of people in a group. And that has happened on uh, at different protests that we've seen throughout this year. And I I know that uh, I know that uh, there are a lot of folks who are at the uh, clearly identifying themselves as pro-Trump, sometimes chanting his name, wanting votes counted. And uh, look, it's a democracy. Counting votes, can't argue with that. Let's not have them be represented by the people there uh, who committed, in some cases, 
criminal acts. But, I'm, I'm sure to be determined criminal yeah, acts. Yeah, but it wasn't necessarily the people who were there asking about the vote counting. These are people who came into the rally okay. to hurt but, people. So imagine this. And the people who came to loot during the police riots, excuse me, during the police protests that became, in some cases, riots, they didn't really genuinely come to protest police reform. They're they disruptors. That's Obviously, right. but here's so, the, but here's the thing. Imagine this, and this is what all I will say. And yeah, I don't think it's much of a difference. The, I don't think so either. But think about this: the women's march, right? Not necessarily lined up with a lot of people on the right, but certainly they were given the space to march, and they do every year in January. Big marches around the country. Imagine if Trump supporters came and started throwing urine at those people. Imagine if Trump supporters came and started kicking people in the head. Imagine if Trump supporters came and threw fireworks at the women in the pink hats. There would be media coverage. It would be a – I mean, could you imagine what that Uh, would look like? Of course. It would be a huge story. And this should be a huge story today, too. Well, we're talking about that's the good news. I was – I came here today aware of it. So uh, the question becomes the ongoing legal efforts at the Trump administration is legal team, I should say, is making with regard to the election, which tomorrow will be two weeks in the rearview mirror. Uh, is it still a legitimate uh, hunt for 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 votes or a hunt to disqualify votes that are illegal? That's a big story. But COVID-19, certainly in California, also taking front stage. I'm here. so glad you asked about that legal effort, because guess what? We have, one of the lawyer, we have one yeah. of the lawyers who is ex- going to explain yeah. the legal effort. We'll hear from Sidney Powell, who is a lawyer for Michael Flynn, as your Monday Morning Answer continues. Why can't conservatives and liberals just get along? They can. Welcome to the Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us. Starting off the week, it's your Morning Answer, Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn. And uh, we've talked a lot about the president's legal arguments and uh, what he's, his campaign is looking to prove, what evidence they have that they think might turn the ship of election 2020. And over the weekend, Brian, actually yesterday, Sidney Powell, who was an attorney who represented Michael Flynn for quite a while, she still does, I believe, has now been added to President Trump's legal team. And President Trump has not necessarily had a lot of law. I mean, they've they filed some lawsuits last week, but not the amount filed, that we thought we would fi- see. They filed one in the wrong state, in the wrong, in the wrong courtroom. <laughs> and some of these – the, They did. They, yeah. I believe yeah. that. Well, some of them are being filed also by individuals and not necessarily by the campaign, but they're being filed on behalf of the campaign. This was a Michigan lawyer, yeah, yeah so it's a case. In not, the courthouse, apparently the same – right courthouse, wrong courtroom. Yeah, it's not necessarily the, the campaign that's behind every single one of these. And many of the ones that are being filed by individuals are just being thrown out. And I think it almost dilutes it, actually. As much as I appreciate the spirit and – I want to get to the bottom of whether or not there was any wrongdoing here. I think it, it really does need to come from one concerted legal effort. If there is a challenge that needs to come from the campaign, it should probably come from them. But Sidney Powell was on and did the most interesting interview with Maria Bartiromo on Sunday, where she really lays out what's at the core of the president's argument. And not to pat ourselves on the back, Whitman, but do it. Go ahead. Pat yourself on the back. Oh, here. I like to do get that. it. But yep. you have to tell me in a I'm moment what you. I'm patting for. Because and here, I Jen. feel like... Socially distanced. Go ahead, give it to me. Through the air. Nice, thank you. I'm wearing. I'm wearing plastic. Oh, that's pretty good. That actually got a little tension out. I like that. Uh, So. (laughs) 
I just cracked my back. So we talked about very early on, we were one of the first shows to talk about the voting system. Remember we talked about the Dominion voting system? And, yes, and specifically one called Smartmatic. And then Smartmatic, which is the one that L.A. County uses. And we talked about Smartmatic having ties to Venezuela. We talked about the Dominion system having ties to Serbia and to Canada. We talked about these voting systems actually, instead of giving the results straight to either the Secretary of State or the 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 ROV or the the board of uh, you know the registrar essentially yes, they're right. they're sending the report to their home company and then as it a, gets sent back in a summary to as I said report last the week vote. When you said it's important to point out it's a, that is the arrangement they have with LA who's contracted out to them right and uh, yes some folks uh, in that company who were born in other nations or are citizens of but still even when we talked about it I said okay so what's the direct evidence that they're uh, that they're anti-American, and there's not been, with all due respect to my eyes and ears, any of that. I want to present to you, you know Snopes.com? Yes. Okay, Snopes.com. It's so funny because in 1998, I interviewed the lady and her husband. I hope they're still living. They started Snopes.com, and, and it really began as kind of a rumor checker thing, like is – for example, then, is global warming really a thing? And they right. would chime in. Unfortunately, uh, they, like everything else, uh, and it's sad because well, Snopes used to be the thing that we would turn to, and now a lot of people well, doubt Snopes. let's not Snopes. discredit them. Let's not uh, discredit them. I'm just saying in the past, I mean, I found things that are not right with Snopes. But go ahead. Uh, this is uh, Smartmatic. Founded in Boca, this Smartmatic company, L.A. County, contracts out for our voting systems that we use here locally in Boca Raton, Florida, in the year 2000. Two of the founders, Antonio... Mujica and Roger Pinate, I hope I'm saying those names correctly, continue to run the company as CEO and president, respectively. Uh, is Smartmatic a Venezuelan company? Snope says no. And they say it is a rumor that uh, there was any sort of, uh, well, this is from Snopes, rumor alert. Dominion yeah. voting systems fraud claim. So this issue is an important one. It, it has to be shown to be of significant concern by the Trump's legal team in, the, in terms of evidence. Well, I think it needs to be all of our concern because I, and I'd like to see where Snopes gets their information because literally Politico and the Associated Press back in March talked about this contract with Smartmatic based in Venezuela. So I, I don't I don't know how they come up with that. But I do know that I've looked into it. I do know that I've Googled back to Smartmatic and there are lots of webs that are all over the place. Place. This is a big corporation that goes from Venezuela to London into our country. So it is outsourcing the elections. Who I don't care who you are, who you voted for. If you care about our elections and the integrity of our elections, this is problematic. Sydney Powell was on with Maria Bartiromo, and she was talking about this. We'll start with some of the evidence she says she has, and she talks about Smartmatic first and then gets into Dominion. Take a listen. We just heard about the software uh, made by Smartmatic from Rudy, and I want to get your take on what you report, what you and I spoke about just a few minutes ago, and that is a gentleman named Peter Neffinger. Tell me how he fits into all of this. Yes, well, he is listed as its former Admiral Peter Neffinger, or retired Admiral Peter Neffinger. He is president and on the board of directors of Smartmatic. And it just so happens he's on uh, Mr. Biden's presidential transition team that's going to be non-existent because we're fixing to overturn the results of the election in multiple states. And President Trump won by not just hundreds of thousands of votes, but by millions of votes that were shifted by this software that was designed expressly for that purpose. 
we have sworn witness testimony of why the software was designed. It was designed to rig elections. He was fully briefed on it. He saw it happen in other countries. It was exported internationally for profit by the people that are behind Smartmatic and Dominion. They did this on purpose. It was calculated. They've done it before. We have evidence from 2016 in California. We have so much evidence. I feel like it's coming in through a fire hose. I feel like, Jennifer, with all due respect to those folks, that maybe they don't have a clock because the election was 13 days ago. The transition should be happening now. This morning there's a conversation about uh, uh, President-elect Biden is is uh, trying to work with the transition team on what are surging, a very big problem, coronavirus numbers in America. And the, the, the lady who was just on, uh, you would think she would, with the clock ticking in the inauguration of the next president on January 20, this information needs to come and be presented quickly. And one of the snaggles is the following, and please, you take every last word. Fact check, USA Today, Dominion voting machines didn't delete votes from Trump and switch them to Biden. New York Times, and I know you're going to, the suspects are guilty. New York Times, no, Dominion voting machines did not delete Trump votes, CNN. Fact checking the baseless claim that millions of Trump votes were deleted. AP, a little more credibility there, I think, less political. Trump tweets a tall tale of deleted votes. CBS News goes on to fact check it in a way that presents the facts as not on President Trump's legal teams i'd say the media is the media is going to say what the media is going to say because i've heard a lot of people showing yeah i I think they're not covering it in the right way certainly i do think there's a huge media bias and i think half the country would probably agree with me let's hear more from sydney well let's not gloss over it but they're they're, all making it up jen i think that there are a lot of people who are suppressing evidence yes i don't know if they're making things up but they are suppressing evidence i think the reason you didn't see them cover the trump march is because they don't want people to think their support they want to say the election is over it hasn't been certified yet I think there's a lot of suppression. I think the language matters here. But I do want you to hear another clip from Sidney Powell because it's important about the CIA and FBI rolling out this Smartmatic system. What is the CIA's role? Why do you think Gina Haspel uh, should be fired immediately? You're saying that the CIA is behind the Dominion or Smartmatic voting software as well? Well, the CIA and the FBI and other government organizations have received multiple reports of wrongdoing and failures and vulnerabilities in this company's product. Their own manual, if you sat down and read it, would explain how and why no honest person would use this system. And it's not just Dominion. There are other companies in the voting machine business in this country, too, that may very well and are likely using the same software. We've detected voting irregularities that are inexplicable and align with these problems in other states that think they have. That's the voice of Sidney Powell. We'll hear uh, more from her uh, later today. In the meantime, is a curfew headed for L.A. County? We'll tell you as your Monday Morning Answer continues. News and talk you can trust. The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us. It's your Monday Morning Answer. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn. We are finding more fun. We're finding joy today. That is our intention. How about that, Whitman? Well, it's always my intention. I mean, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the, uh, I'm the official Morning Answer fun maker. You, I mean, I've, I've been the <laughs> says rowdy, that on your business card. Actually, been the rowdy one of the bunch here for almost. I always forget, but it's almost. I don't know what it is. It, yeah, you do. Is it eight years? No. 
I think it's like eight and a what half What year was years. it? The, it was 2012 that this program, the morning Because that's when program, I first met you, I think, was in tw- Christmas 2012, right? That, Does that sound right? You know, we had a be- – you talk about fun. Let's not get nostalgic yet because th- – right. So I started here uh, springtime of 2012, so whatever that is now, eight and a half years. Point is this. I have been the class clown but also giving you that other side, and there is another side to some of what's going on. But, yeah, you want to have fun? I, I sign up every time for that. I you, get in trouble for it sometimes. That's okay. I like it. And guess what? I just found <laughs> out something uh, our producer we call her the enforcer she said something that you may not know she started the same time you did she said by the way not only do i not not only do i know it i have a video of it ah, and ah. i should put it on twitter because <laughs> she was a call I, screener at the point. And I, she was <laughs> calling uh, uh screening calls and i was going around the radio station because they were building this morning answer studio yeah and it was a dump excuse me before it was just very old i say dump in terms of the equipment was they weren't using it really right because uh, they have state-of-the-art facilities so they rebuilt that and i was doing like a document something stupid you know and katie was there and i promise you and then on to the katie looks and i am not i wouldn't say this if it weren't the exact true. same I told you months ago, didn't I, Katie? Well, I've seen that video, too. You have not aged, which is really – I'm sort of jealous. Of I that. look like I went from 39, which I was <laughs> when I started here, to 78 in the course of that time. Katie looks – she's genetically perfect. She looks I the know. same. I know. She is. She's so cute. And, and she's look, single, guys. And <laughs> you look beautiful, too. And no one go near my Jennifer. Do you understand that? Okay. All right. Let's talk about this latest story. I love these – Follow the we're going to follow the science, Brian. So some coronavirus cases they're breaking out in in California, all over the state. We're seeing more coronavirus cases, and on Saturday and Sunday there was a surge, as the LA Times describes it, and it has disturbed Los Angeles health county county health officials who say that they may in, they may impose a curfew, yeah, and take other health measures this week because there were three thousand. New cases for two consecutive days over the weekend. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday, county public health officials recorded 3,780 new cases of COVID-19 positive case results on Saturday. That was the highest one-day total since the peak of the crisis back in the middle of July, Jennifer. Uh, On Sunday, that of course be yesterday, officials reported 3,061 new cases and three deaths. So this fresh surge of coronavirus cases has alarmed L.A. County officials, as Jen said. And now the curfew, other health measures to be revealed, I guess, to stem the spread. This morning, uh, with television on and the Internet going, and I caught my attention was caught by a phrase. And I hear the phrase, and I remember you. We spent this important, critical time. I remember all of our morning answer. Listen, I'm not being superficial because I know we don't see you, but I remember the sense of togetherness. Mm-hmm. The phrase used today is flatten the curve. It must begin to flatten the curve. And I was brushing my teeth. I was Often I have, I'm brushing my teeth or shaving because men do that. At least we hope. most. Right. <laughs> and I went, oh, my goodness, it's autumn and it's spring to autumn, and it seems like we're back even with the terminology of flatten the curve. But I thought to myself, seriously, alone with Colgate, I talked to the Colgate, and I said, but we're really not in the same place because we know a whole lot more. Right, than and we, people than aren't we dying as much because we're able to treat it and deal with it a lot better. And, and we also that's have, good. And we, I, I, of course, and we also have these, uh, these precautions. Some have been shown to maybe not be as uh, as 
critically important as others. I think the masks are important. The doctors are saying that. The social distancing, are you still seeing, Jen, out and about in the Valley or weekend travels? People, because in Glendale, where I primarily am, and throughout the Valley, I am seeing people still walking definitely yeah, I think far people, away from each other. I think people, and this is this is the thing, people are taking the advice, right? They're using the masks. They're social distancing. Uh, I went to Costco, so I can tell you this weekend. I, do, I haven't been going to many stores. I usually do grocery delivery, but I uh, I needed some dad time this weekend, so the two of us went to Costco. Well, if you want to talk to Jen's dad, Costco's <laughs> a good place to find him. That's right, that. and, uh, and people really are, I mean, they just still stay away from each other. You know, you kind of get into an aisle. You wait till someone looks at something, but here's the thing that I don't get. Barbara, May I ask you one thing? Yeah. Hear about Costco on the way in. Were, were they counting customers and making? Not that wait? I noticed, but we went okay. to the business one. We went to the wholesale one, which is really yeah. fun. If you haven't yeah. been, there's a business Costco. But you have to pay. More it's in the valley. No, it's in the no. valley, and I think you can just go with your normal membership, and it's fun. They don't have all the electronics. They don't have like the jewelry and the clothes. They have samples, but they have like cash registers. To play with, they have I little did. cash <laughs> registers you can sample and eat. Yeah, yeah, like no. cupcakes <laughs> they that don't are have shaped samples. like cash I don't think they're doing samples no. in the day of ah. COVID anymore. I think that's been canceled. Oh yeah, um, it's a victim. It's been it's another victim to COVID. But Barbara Ferrer, the L.A. County Director of Public Health, said that there are two possibilities that they're looking into. One of them is a curfew or a limitation on business hours of operation. They're also looking into closing things down again, moving people to the most serious tiers. So like the salons that just got to reopen indoors. I know I've gotten a manicure and a pedicure indoors. They're saying that they may have to go back outside again, even though it's now wintertime. And Here's the issue, and especially with the curfew, because we've been hearing about the curfew in New York as well. New York has imposed a curfew on the bars. If we're all about following the science, is there some page in the science book that I forgot to read that says the virus doesn't start until 10 p.m.? I mean, because as far I mean, I think the virus is just the virus all the time. It's not it like is. it just goes, oh, you know what? 10.01, guys, here I come and go home. I mean, no, I don't get this idea of a curfew. I think it's arbitrary. And L.A. County might as well just shingle up all of their businesses because they don't care about protecting us. If you're a small business owner, L.A. County does not care about you. The curfew, uh, some more information that I'm going to have. I have an answer to that question. And I tell you it's an unfortunate answer. Uh, And I think you'll agree. And if you don't, but I I know you will because I know you and I feel like a lot of our listeners will agree. Uh, The curfew refers – it's a business curfew. Um, Exclusively, that's a question because I know it does do the 10 o'clock closure on bars and restaurants, etc. Now – is there a curfew on people being out? No, that's a different. That's a more traditional curfew, right? But Jennifer, here's why they're doing it. It's an unfortunate answer, because they are feeling the heat because they ought to, with the with the terrible situation economically, financially for restaurants and bars that have to close. So if they come forward and say, okay, we'll, we'll allow them to be open, but we can't have crowds because the issue is always crowds, and the crowds gather really at night at bars. We all know this. So if LA County comes out and says. Well, we want them open, but you know, it's got to be a curfew, which sounds like a public safety thing, which it's a public health thing. To they don't want a crowd gathering. But bars but, aren't open in LA County; they're still closed down. Understood. But this curfew on restaurants is cur- the curfew is on restaurants slash and on retail. Bars. I would imagine, right? It's, right. it's an LA curfew, so they're trying to send people home off the streets. I, it, you it's asked arbitrary. the question. You asked the question, though, like a bar or restaurant interchangeable in this context. You know, the virus doesn't change at 10 o'clock at night. Why that curfew? Because I think they want to be able to say, well, we're allowing them to be open. 
but we're cutting it off at 10 o'clock because, well, duh, that's when all the, that's when their business gets there. And the business only gets there when groups of people, this is, yes, uh, traveling close together, maybe densely sometimes gather in the bar. This is, this is brainwashing is all it is, people. I'm ready well, to call political, it out. It, this is, maneuvering. this yep. is the most ridiculous thing to force businesses into a curfew. I, after all of the stuff that they've done over the past nine months, closing businesses down, then allowing them to reopen, then making them close down, then allowing them to reopen with modifications. They are killing your small business. The only thing that will be left, maybe if we're lucky, is some of the retail, uh, the big corporations. It, it's time to start fighting back. This we is not acceptable. 855-785-8255, 855-785-8255. And the governor, we caught him red-handed. We'll tell you what he was up to as your Monday Morning Answer continues. The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Jen is the conservative crusader. Brian is our lovable liberal. Welcome to The Answer. Thanks for joining us. It is The Morning Answer. You are in the 6 o'clock club. That's Brian Whitman. I'm Jennifer Horn. And we caught him. Well, he's been caught. And we're pointing at him. And laugh. Well, I don't (laughs) even know if we're laughing. I'm outraged about this. We caught the governor red-handed. He was out and about. And apparently the San Francisco Chronicles saw him at the French Laundry. Now, before we jump into this story, I got to ask you. I got to do a little quiz on you. Sure. Because you are our fast food connoisseur. Many people know that. French Laundry is not fast food. It's a rather high-end place, isn't it? Well, so that's what I was going to ask you. Have you... In all honesty, heard of the French Laundry before today? No. Okay. The French Laundry, for those of you who don't know, and I'm sure that you do because you're all of discriminating taste since you yeah, listen to the right answer. Sophisticated the French Laundry is like a like of the fanciest of fancy restaurants that you can go to in California. It's one of the most expensive, and they don't have a menu. Like if you walk into the French Laundry, Whitman, and this is why I said you could never go here. You would absolutely go out <laughs> First of all, it would take a long time. So about two hours in, the sweating would start. You'd want to get back out of there. That's true. The sweating would start as soon as I walked in if everyone was dressed up really nicely. And I would immediately start to eyeball the plates. And I'd see all the foo-foo stuff with everything on it. You'd go to the bathroom like 12 times. You'd be guzzling the water. Absolutely. I did that at my high school reunion. That's a true story. The French Laundry, you don't just walk in and look at the menu. And I'm actually holding some of the menu right here. Yeah, I see that there. Every day. Thomas Keller, by the way, is the chef, the executive chef and the owner of the French Laundry. I'll tell you about him in a second. I know this because I'm a schmollier, you know, or a sommelier. You're a sommelier, not a schmollier. <laughs> Schmamil. Schmollier. So you go to the French Laundry. You sit down. They hand you a menu, but it is the the, ta- the, she- the chef's tasting menu. You don't get, like, to go, I'm going to have the burger. I'd like it well done with nothing on it. Like, no, that does not happen. You have uh, a number of courses, and you can get, like, seven courses. You can get 13 courses. Or you can get 21 courses. And the prices go from $350 a person to $800 a person. But as I understand. That does not include the wine pairing, FYI. <laughs> the French Laundry, this is a restaurant with Gavin Newsom and uh, several dozen people were we're celebrating where he's uh, has some strict uh, precautions on the gathering at, at parties and stuff. But questions. Yes. At a place like French Laundry, my understanding is, and uh, yeah, in my life once or twice has been a place. There's no numbers on, there's no prices on the menu. Right. You just know going in, it's like three fifty, four fifty, or uh, seven fifty, eight hundred. You bucks. just know going in that you got the second loan on the house, so you're that's fine. right. And Have if you dinner. want wine, good luck because you better take out a second. And if you want to just bring your own wine, you can do that. Their corkatry, which like most people charge like ten, twenty bucks. 
$150 for their corkage fee. So you bring that two-buck chuck in, it's going to cost you $152 to drink that bottle. (laughs) So thank you for dining. Here's your corked bottle of wine. And by the way, I took the cork out for you, and I'm going to put it in your concept (laughs) that you can walk in here with your own bottle of wine. Put a cork in that. So Thomas Keller is the executive chef there. He has been very loud, a loud critic, actually, of Gavin Newsom because of the the harm that's been done to the restaurant industry in the state of California. He's been an advocate for that. Well, lo and behold, Governor Gavin Newsom had to come out on Friday offering an apology because he got caught by the San Francisco Chronicle, who reported that Gavin Newsom had dinner at the French Laundry on November 6th. It was was for one of his advisors' birthday. Jason Kinney is his name. 50th birthday party for a political advisor, at least a dozen people from more than, oh, get this, three different and distinct households. Well, that's the rule, right? You can't be yeah. with more than 12 people from three households. The par- the party had 12 or more people, San Francisco Chronicles had 20, from different households, from up to 12 different households, by the way. That's what's being reported. So you had a lot of single people coming from different households all to gather at the French Laundry, and Gavin Newsom got caught. He came out and apologized. He said that while he abided by the restaurant's rules, it was a bad decision for him to make. Well, here's the problem. We understand in a moment we'll hear exclusive audio of Gavin planning this out when he was sitting there at the high-end restaurant. You're right. It's more than Wall Street Journal editorial. I like the Wall Street Journal, even their editorial page on COVID. They're very COVID. I've told you that in the past, right? Uh, They say uh, that it was more than three households. Last month, Governor Newsom from the Wall Street Journal, again, it's an editorial piece uh, based on the governor being spotted violating his own social distancing rules. Uh, he put uh, limits on attendance at all private gatherings, even those outdoors, mm-hmm. to three households. People are also required to maintain at least six feet of distance from different households at all times. Oh, and no shouting, chanting, or singing, too, uh, as this, the Wall Street Journal reports. This is just more of okay for thee, but not for me, that comes from the, the Democrat Party. And I think that he got caught. He got caught red hand. And it was unfortunate when the story broke on Friday because it was just after his office had said that there was a travel advisory and that people in California shouldn't go anywhere to celebrate Thanksgiving. Well, let's listen in here to this. Oh, oh yes. Nice to meet you. I'm uh, Governor. Uh, call me. Uh, call me Gav. Call me King. With that. Nice to meet you. Oh, how are you? Yes. We have surging cases. I had, oh, thank you, ma'am. That is a lovely brooch. I had to enact a travel ban, but let me tell you there is no travel ban between me and that core chicken cordon bleu. I'm going straight in. Oh, pardon me. I'll tell my subjects when I return from this highly expensive. <laughs> Who's paying for this? It's a billet to the tax. Payers, my subjects. I will tell them that I was six feet from all of you. Got it? Got, Got it. it? Got it. <laughs> Can I borrow your fork, please? Exactly. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, it's so, it's, it's, it's uh, the Nancy in the hair shop salon. Well, and this is just it. it and it's Governor Christie on the beach. It's, it's the ruling class. And you, you, funny, yeah, you call yourself king when you're talking about Gavin Newsom, but that's what it feels like to the rest of us. The rest of us are struggling. They're throwing around curfews, and this guy's going to the French Laundry, probably paying $800 a plate for his food. Somebody probably paying that bill for him. And uh, and he's doing it with all of these different people. Well, I abided by the rules. Okay, did you? Because you just broke all of the ones that you set for the rest of us. 
Well, that's just it. And I have to say that I think that this is this is very this is critical because when I think the most unsavory, well, the most disgusting, I'm going to say unsavory, it's more than that. The most disgusting things, anything anyone in power can do to the people they govern or to the people they control, whether lawfully or unlawfully or the prisoners, that's that's overt, right? If you're a politician, a leader, and you have your the governed citizens living under a, a rather a very strict, certainly Gavin Newsom has been criticized nationwide for the most strict guidelines. And then you dare, you dare to walk outside the boundaries that you can find your own citizenry in at something so extravagant like Nancy Pelosi's very expensive open the salon just for me haircut or Gavin Newsom's French laundry. No numbers on the menu. That's how expensive it is. While people are just avoiding going to get a bite to eat because it's cold outside and we don't want to sit in driveways. That's it. it, it that's And that's disgusting well, to me. It's a disgusting demonstration of hypocrisy. And most importantly, the citizens, he loses credibility. It's poor and, leadership is what it is. And this came out at the same time last week. It was revealed that Gavin Newsom hasn't paid his property taxes in years. He obviously thinks that he is above the law. He gets to make the law for the rest of us, but he thinks he's above it. A California judge also ruled on Friday to add insult to injury to uh, to Gavin Newsom that he overstepped his legal authority once again when he mandated that every California voter receive a mail-in val- ballot for the general election. So this universal mail-in that we saw, that was Gavin Newsom's idea. He did it without the legislature. And well, he did it in California and the other states where it happened. It did it with their governors, too. There's similar challenges, of course, to other governors as well. This is just the latest smackdown of Gavin Newsom, who had a judge rule against him earlier last week that the 58 executive orders he's issued uh, since the coronavirus started back in March have been illegal and an overstep of his power. So there are there's a lot brewing here in the state of California. We've got to fight back. We've got to push back and let the leadership know that this is not acceptable. 855-785-8255. Lots of Trump supporters gathering in Washington, D.C. Did you get the full story on the news? We'll fill you in as your Monday morning answer continues.